0: This of this of this is not really happening.
1: We got a bit of response the other day when I played Crucify. People pulled over in their cars to say, why don't we hear Tori Amos anymore? Why has the world gone silent about Tori Amos? Why are you the only one, Wallace, keeping the dream alive? So I thought I'd drop another Tori Amos track on you. This is Cornflow girl. Is this you, Verity, going back? <laughs> Student flat party, Himalayan crystal in the corner, your army surplus jacket on for warmth? <laughs> Is man. that you? Uh No,
2: not in the slightest. I was like DMX and like <laughs> Lion Red. I was not this stuff, man. Are you sure? Because uh, it feels like you. It makes me want to throw things and smash stuff. I just want to like grab something and throw it through a window just listening to
1: this. What about you, Connor? Hard day at work. You know, you're part way through <laughs> a big... Um, Lambing whatever you. <laughs> <do>. <laughs> <laughs> Lamming, oh, lamb well, You're winding down. You've got a bit of Tory amos on the
3: uh, speakers. Yeah, well, I, I quite like female singers. Actually, like you know Florence and the Machine and and a few do others you, like that. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, Christina Perry and um, oh, there's a bunch of other ones there. So um, I like Christina Perry as well. Yeah, no, no. There's some there's some great um, yeah. vocalists here actually. Yep,
1: yeah, good on you. Mm. Um, th- is that Kate Perry?
3: No, Katie no, Burley? no, no, no. There's uh, Christy Perry, she does a song, Jar of Hearts. Okay. There's, uh, there's a song that's no, nice. quite, quite an
1: awesome. Very good. Uh, another one, Another more education um, uh, feedback. My seven-year-old is struggling to learn to read and write. It's dismaying as we spent hours uh, working on this with her. She has just failed an audio processing test and is now needing a remote audio microphone hearing aid at a cost of $5,000. The waiting list is months Otherwise you need to pay What they need is more resources and funding Is this person um, I've just absolutely loved your responses Regarding the uh, Littleton to Wellington Ferry Whether or not we need to bring it back It stopped, the service stopped in 76 And there is there are some people saying That uh, hey why don't we open up that route again With us is Rufus Rufus, kia ora.
4: Hello there Wallace
1: You made this trip
4: Many times as a, as a child. My father worked for the railways and uh, yeah. and uh, therefore got free travel with the Union's chiefship under some sort of deal. Oh, wow. And we we travelled backwards and forwards, uh, as I say, about 30 times, and uh, I was oh, wow. at least half of them.
1: <laughs> and I understand there was a, one memorable entrance into Wellington. Yes,
4: in January uh, uh, forty seven the Wonganella went on to Barrett's Reef, which I think is the same reef that the, uh, the Wahini subsequently found it on. Uh, but uh, the Wanganella wasn't damaged nearly as badly, but it was it was there on on its side, and uh, we came into Wellington Harbour, and everybody uh, got up early because of that, uh, that uh, cup, cup of tea and biscuits that about four am, uh, and so we all <laughs> got up and uh, lined up the port side and saw the Wanganilla and it was really quite. I can still picture it now, seventy uh, odd years later.
1: Oh wow!
4: It was it was it was an amazing thing.
1: Yeah. But Rufus, the,
4: yeah. I, I agree okay. with your uh, your callers about the, um, the the fact that it should be it should never have gone away. Really, the, yeah. the, the possibly the Wahini was part of the reason uh, that yes, it Yes, indeed. But, um, it's a tragedy because it was a great, a great way to travel.
1: Interesting. I'd love to sort of do more on that. Actually, yeah, wonderful. Hey, thanks for being with us, Rufus. That's um, hey, my pleasure. Yeah, yes. wonderful memories. Uh, just some news: and a coalition of rainbow community groups are taking Immigration New Zealand to court over its decision to allow a controversial anti-transgender activist into the country. Auckland Pride, Gender Minorities All and Inside Out are also seeking an interim order to prevent Kelly J. keane Minchel from entering the country until the judicial review can take place. As news just in. Well, the massive profits <coughs> being made by banks have been coming under the spotlight as New Zealanders struggle with the rising cost of living. Uh, could making them give back some of their profit be the answer. Last year New Zealand banks made a collective profit of 7.18 billion dollars and the union representing bank owners think so and they're calling for something interesting, they're calling for a levy on any profit above 500 million dollars as well as a general inquiry into profit banks. We know about the inquiry but there's half a billion, that's uh, fairly interesting isn't it? First union researcher and policy analyst Edward Miller joins us, Edward Kia ora.
5: Kia well thanks for having me on the show.
1: How would this levy work? Where would the money collected from the scheme go?
5: Well, yeah, you mentioned that our banks made seven plus billion in after tax profits last year. that's after the tax chunk has already come out of it. We think that there should be another 5% levy on that, so on banks that earn more than half a billion dollars in profit each year, that they have another 5% levy on top of that that they pay, and that would generate, at the moment, upwards of $300 million a year.
1: To those who might say, look, um, banks make a contribution as well. They made a net contribution to nearly $2 billion into the economy. Uh, They pay their way. Um, Why do we need to do this?
5: We have uh, extremely profitable banks in this country. Um, if you look back on the last decade's worth of data of developing developed countries, rather, so our normal comparator countries, New Zealand has the second most profitable banks behind Canada. That means our banks are more profitable than banks in Australia. Uh, for example, their parent companies, they're more profitable than banks in the United States, they're more profitable than banks in the United Kingdom. New Zealand consumers are dealing with a cost-of-living crisis right now. Mortgage rates are going up. Everyone's hurting, and the banks are making away with pretty significant sums of money. It's time for an additional levy on those banks.
1: of English. Uh, yeah, look, we need, we need
3: banks, uh, but we need them to be operating efficiently, and um, I'd much rather have the money in my pocket than in the bank's pocket, to be honest. Um, uh, the challenge, I guess, is... Um, you know the conflict with monetary policy. Monetary policy is trying to make uh, money more expensive at the moment, uh, but the banks seem to be able to wedge themselves in there somewhere to, to make big profits, <coughs> and I agree with Edward, uh, around you know why are our banks here in New Zealand making more return on their investment than most other countries. Then Australia is an yeah, example. Yeah, so I'm, right. not, I'm not 100% sure why that is, but um, if it meant that uh, mortgage rates were a bit lower, I think that would be good for households. But it may not be what the Reserve Bank wants because they're wanting money to be expensive at the moment. Stay there, Edward.
1: Let's bring Verity in and we'll go back to you.
2: I actually very much agree. Um, I remember reading a lot about how the difference between the New Zealand branches of Australian banks and the Australian branches of Australian banks is that basically New Zealand's seen as a huge gravy train in the terms of there's far less regulation and government control over the way they make their profits. And I'm actually wondering, Edward, do you know specifically why it is that New Zealand branches of, like, you know, the Australian Westpac, why we're more profitable than Australian Australian Westpac?
5: Uh I think there's tighter regulation in Australia in a bunch of areas, but um, there's also more competition in Australia as well. I guess Mm -hmm. that would be the other factor, and that's why there's been calls, including from the Reserve Bank, for a a market study by the Commerce Commission
2: into the profitability of those banks. Can the Commerce Commission actually do anything, though? Because I remember they did this one about supermarkets, and I was super excited to see what would happen as a result, and basically they were like, oh, yeah, it's bad, but we're not going to do anything. So if we have another Commission investigation into this, can they actually make the banks do stuff?
5: I'm not going to prejudge the outcomes of any market study that the Commerce Commission does, but I share your concerns because we also represent supermarket workers as well as workers in the building materials industry. Um, It would be interesting to see what comes out of this, but that's why we're also advocating for an immediate 5% levy on bank profits as well as the Commerce Commission inquiry.
3: I think one of the other things... um to Wallace is the Reserve Bank because they have regulatory a regulatory framework around the capital asset ratios, for example, and how much money the banks have got to have in their bank to lend out to different segments, like say the rural sector or the housing sector or the business sector. And those ratios are set that it's a lot more profitable for the banks to lend into the housing than into, say, you know, productive business. And I think the Reserve Bank should be looking at um, what they're doing and how capital is allocated in our economy because um, it's very easy for the banks just to lend to, to people in the housing sector and we've got a housing bubble if you like um, and so I think Reserve Bank really needs to look at itself and what it's doing and the impact it's having uh, not only on the profits of banks but also on capital allocation in New Zealand.
1: Okay, very interesting, uh, Edward kia ora, Thank you for your time on this. Um, Thanks very much. It's an interesting topic, isn't it? Uh, that's First Union researcher and policy analyst uh, Edward Miller. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, levy on any profit above half a billion uh, dollars. Uh, just a minor correction uh, on the uh, the newsflash. I said five minutes ago. A coalition of rainbow communities are taking. Uh, Immigration New Zealand to court over its decision to allow uh, a controversial anti-gender activist into the country. The groups in fact are taking the Immigration Minister Michael Wood Uh, not Immigration NZ, uh, to court. It's coming up to 15 to 5. You're on the panel on RNZ National Large response, particularly it's it's education that's really getting you this afternoon, as well as the uh, Littleton to Wellington ferry route uh, that stopped in 1976. Many of you are having wonderful and very fond memories of your wake-up biscuit, your wake-up cup of tea, um... Uh, your little bunk in the little bed with no window sounds actually quite scary. <laughs> that's that's so terrifying,
2: <laughs> being stuffed in a small compartment, yeah, force a, fed. Yeah, on a
1: rough seas. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs>
2: yes. There's so much vomit. I'd be
1: listening to a bit of Tori Amos there with, uh, with, the, with the blinds closed for sure. Uh, now, if you're a parent, then you know how hard it can be to stop yourself from sharing that cute photo or video of your little one on social media uh, including yourself but is sharing really okay in france the government is considering banning parents sharing content of their kids online the mp who proposed the bill says the law aims to show young people their parents don't have an absolute right over their image so should new zealand Follow suit, Professor Ekant Veer is from the University of Canterbury's Business School, and an expert in social media. Professor Veer kia ora.
6: Kia ora, Kata, how you doing?
1: I'm uh, um, well. I find this interesting, and uh, one thing we we've made a pact, my my, husband, my wife and I, rather, uh, if we do want to upload a photo of little Junior, uh, I'll, we'll often I'll have to phone her or vice versa, just to, to just to make sure. But it's something that we, as a family, are a bit cognizant of, but. How much is too much when it comes to parents sharing photos and videos of the children?
6: Yeah, and what you've described is exactly what I think most parents should be doing, and just being mindful about what they're doing, rather than mindlessly posting everything yeah. and not realising the impact of it. I mean, the, the bill in, in France is trying to address a couple of things. The first one is how much uh, agency does a child have of their own image if they turn 18 and decide they want to be scrubbed from the internet? It, that's almost impossible. You cannot do oh, it. Oh, right. But on the, uh, yeah, but, uh, on the other side, there, there is a lot of content that is posted online, which does end up in uh, people's hands that was never intended and for nefarious means. I mean, one of the reasons for this bill is that the study in France found that 50% of all child pornography images started off as social media images. And they've just been really? purposed for this. Yeah, that's quite a significant amount, which I didn't realize at the time as well. But that's part of the way of protecting a child. Not just, Good heavens. oh, I don't want to be on the Internet, but actually this is being used uh, for not the reason. 50%. Um, it's-,
1: it's also, it's quite it's quite the issue because it's, what is as you say, it is one of agency. This is something that I, growing up, Never had to deal with the fact that my photo was in our family photo album, <laughs> but not online for the universe to see.
6: Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure when your friends came around and your mum or your dad brought out the photo album, you cringed. You're like, please don't show them my baby. I
1: did. I did. <laughs> and, yeah, and what do you? That's
6: exactly what kids are doing now. I mean, I have my kids are older now. They're uh, seventeen and fifteen. And we do check with them before we post anything, and they usually say no because they don't want their images out there on mom and dad's Facebook page or whatever, but they'll put it on their own. And it's about educating the kids what is appropriate Uh, and appropriate use of their image as well, and it's just being really careful about content going out. I was speaking with my class earlier today about this, and they're like, "Yep, they scrubbed their their Facebook pages before they started applying for jobs because they were – pictures oh of them at their 21st and the like, you know, and they're like, I'm not sure if I want a future employer to see that. but the, And that's kind of the image management, but the more nefarious stuff, we really have to be careful about as well. And what is being highlighted more when uh, people see themselves as potential influencers and utilizing or using or exploiting their kids to enable that, we're seeing some parents going far above and beyond. There's a, quite a famous case of a mum who would dress her three-year-old, four-year-old daughter in more and more sexualized clothing, and people were egging it on, and she just kept doing it because she was just getting so many likes and the like coming through.
1: Okay, Verity?
2: I think it's a really interesting uh, like moral area around like posting photos of other people on social media. I consider it like deeply morally a- offensive to post like photos on my socials of anybody, like my family, like my boyfriend really? slash partner. Yeah, no, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, nothing. Like I probably wouldn't even do it with my best friend anymore. Like there's no really? partner. Yeah, because. Like, not only... Uh, have I been on the receiving end of some really weird like people who are like, oh my god, I saw that you changed your like outfit on that second post when you're with that guy. Are you dating that guy? Who's that guy? Like people get really, really, really into your your personal life, your family life, and they will try and piece together every image, every and they will look for it. And if you ever want to have a career in the public eye, and especially if you're like young female, they will look for your partner. That's my most googled thing, by the way. Photos of Verity Johnson's partner. Ironically, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I had, to, yeah, I know I had, to, I had to like find a column yes. that I wrote the other day, but that's the okay. anyway. Uh, but s- yes, no, uh, it's offensive.
1: Stay there, account. Let's get Conran for yeah. this.
3: Uh, yeah, well, it is an interesting uh, issue, isn't it? I mean, social media is so pervasive, and it can be um, can be positive. And you know, I've got a Facebook thing that I post every now and then on, uh, not a lot, but um, it can also be very damaging. And I can see how people would be annoyed if they if someone else was putting their image on all the time. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I haven't really thought about it a lot, actually, until until this topic's come up. But I think we do need to be more thoughtful about well, it. Well,
1: it seems to feel a bit of interest, actually, on this. Mm-hmm. Wallace, the right amount of photos to post of your children on social media is none. My teenage kids don't want their image on social media, and they don't post photos to their own social media. I would never post anything without first asking. And I have stopped even doing that because they always say no, lots of response there, but but I get what you're saying, um, Verity, and I understand what you're saying, I can't, but we are human, and I love um, those little interstitial moments with little Junior, and I want to, every now and then, be able to share them. Isn't that just reasonable?
6: Yeah, and and this is what being human is about, is about finding points of connection and images of your kids and showing how your kids are growing up is a way of connecting. We have always, my wife and I, have always lived in a different city from our family. And so this is the only way sometimes for our family to see our kids growing up. However, it literally happened last week where one of my friends spotted my daughter and said, you're Akan's daughter, aren't you? I've seen you on Facebook, and my daughter went, oh, my God, I, who is this weirdo, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wow. I had to reflect on that myself. And I'm like, yeah, that's not fair. You know, that's not fair on my 15-year-old to to be spotted mm. in public without, yeah. um, without really any agency in this space.
1: Very... Fascinating topic, Eckhart. Thanks for raising the issue on the panel. Uh, there's Professor Eckhart Wehr from the University of Canterbury's Business School who's an expert in social media. Let's keep that going tomorrow And our Friday Malveg. Email me at thepanel at rnz.co.nz. Have you been pulled up by uh, your, your daughter or son with, re- with regard to a Facebook post that you've done or do you have rules around who in your family you post. Wallace, if you want to share pictures, uh, uh, use WhatsApp, not Facebook. (laughs) I never post my children anywhere.
2: I so agree with that. That's why we have WhatsApp group chants. Yeah, yeah, nothing on Instagram. Do it all on WhatsApp.
1: All right. Well, finally... Do you feel a pang of guilt when you throw a brown banana or that mouldy bit of bread into the rubbish bin? Well, if you live in Tamaki Makaurau, you won't have to feel bad any longer. From April, to your bags, paper towels, fruit peels, they'll have a new environmentally friendly home with plans for food scraps, collections to roll out across the city. The scheme run by the Auckland Council will see food waste collected each week at the same time as household rubbish following a successful trial Papakura. So to explain to Aucklanders listing how it's going to work, we have the Council's General Manager of Waste Solutions, Parul Sood. Kia ora, Parul. Kia ora. I found this quite exciting, actually, when I first, because living in Auckland, and I often go to Mum's house in Hamilton, they've got their little green food scrap thing. I thought, well, would it ever, 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 ever come to Auckland? And here it is, Parul. Is it citywide?
0: Uh, Yes, it is for the urban parts of Auckland. We are not offering it to the rural areas, uh, but definitely for the urban parts. And it's really, really exciting. As you say, it has finally come to Auckland after, um, I don't know, how many years of us working on it.
1: I can imagine, you say years working, I can imagine it's a big city. Uh, It's comprehensive in scope. So Mm -hmm. there would have been a lot of logistics around this, I can imagine.
0: Yes, there have been a lot of logistics around it. We've also been uh, working on creating a facility that can actually take the material and do good things with it. So I guess there's no purpose in collecting something that you can't really beneficially reuse. So the plant in Reparoa is really key for us to make this service really go well.
1: Question, Verity?
2: Yeah, Perala. You're open-based. You're oh. I just hit the microphone. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Does this scheme work in apartment buildings as well, or is it just going to be rolled out for individual houses?
0: That is a great question. So uh, it does work in apartment buildings, but the way we will be doing the collections there would be different. As you can imagine, we can't give them an individual bin for yeah. every property. You'll have one, you know, that, you can put your own, that can be in your kitchen. But then there would be communal bins in your areas where you've got recycling and rubbish bins.
2: Ah. Yeah, obviously, I live in an apartment block, so I'm fascinated by the concept of the. It's basically a communal kind of like compost bin, which you'll then collect.
0: Correct, that is right. And there'll be some that we may not be able to service just because of
1: the way the multi-unit developments that we call them are. But we will try and provide the service to as many as we can. Super exciting. So, where am I going to see this outside my house?
0: So, in terms of uh, the service is going to
1: start to roll out
0: in April. We're getting your bins out then, depending on where you are. So, I live in Wattakrai, so I'm, I'm the lucky ones to get it first. And then it kind of rolls out across the city, um, and we're hoping to complete the bin rollout and start the collections by end of this year.
1: Not a bad idea, Connor.
3: Yeah. Oh well, I hope it I hope it works. I mean, I think one of the things about food waste is we don't want to be wasting food, and, and um, that's and we, the nub, isn't it? We produce a lot, but there's a, there are always going to be scraps that need to something needs to be done if it can be turned into compost or energy.
1: Uh, that's fantastic. Lovely to have you on parole. Thank you for your time. Uh, that Good is the Council's General Manager of Food Waste Solutions there. Uh, you, 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 uh, you're on the uh, panel. We have, I understand we have Anita Bingham from local government NZ. Bonita, rather. Kia ora. Kia ora. So just some late developing news here and sneaking you in. Thank you so much for uh, responding. <laughs> so look, Auckland Council voting to leave local government in Z. Just a response from you on this.
7: Sure. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's a bit of a, personally, I think it's a bit of a short-sighted response to a, a long-standing um, proposition for for the communities and ratepayers of, of Auckland City, and uh, unfortunately, as I understand it, I wasn't party to listening to the proceedings, but there was some misinformation about numbers and figures and um, claims made about membership of LGNZ that weren't quite correct and ultimately such as? from a, such as the the benefits to um, to leaving the organization to save $400,000 actually negates the savings that being involved in uh, schemes that LGNZ has been at the forefront of making available to its members such as the the light dimming scheme, which ultimately saves Auckland about a one point one million dollars a year um, which now they won't have access to. so the so ratepayers Auckland ratepayers will be the ones that we now be picking up those kinds of bills, uh, the local government funding agency, which was promoted and and really um, pushed through by local government New Zealand. Um, you know those sorts of inf- bits of information that weren't quite correct in the debate today uh, okay. will now come back and rest with ratepayers.
1: Well, out. you'll be hearing more about this uh, end of the evening uh, on RNZ and tomorrow I know doubt. out. But Benita kia ora. thank you for um, being with us toward the end of the show there. So that is Benita Bingham, a response from local government NZ on the news today that Auckland Council has voted to leave uh, LGNZ. The votes were tied at 10 all before Mayor Wayne Brown used his casting vote in favour of leaving. Connor English and Very Johnson, you have both been just stunning this that- afternoon. Thank <laughs> you so much. I didn't get a poem out of you, Connor, but oh, maybe, well, one day. One maybe day next <laughs> next time. Uh, Checkpoint with Lisa Owen it is next. I'm back tomorrow. Power Battle Friday, 3.45. See you then.